0: Once we get them in the doors and out of Toronto or out of Montreal or wherever their headquarters are um, um, and come into Saskatoon, it's really the turning point. The, the lovely ambience of this city, the riverbank setting, the, the, uh, the openness of our people, all those sorts of things really come into play when, when people, first-timers, come into Saskatoon. Hello, I'm Eric
1: Anderson. The voice you just heard belongs to Tourism Saskatoon's Todd Brandt. Todd, along with Sarah Berger, are the featured guests in Episode 7, Season 2 of YXE Underground. it's a really exciting time for Saskatoon and that's because Canada's biggest music party is set to arrive in our city. The Juno Awards celebrate the best in Canadian music and this year Saskatoon is hosting all the festivities that come with the Junos. I've been fortunate to attend two Juno Awards one in Regina and the other in 2007 right here in Saskatoon. That Juno week was so much fun. There was a great vibe in the city as music lovers celebrated in venues all over Saskatoon and I'm sure that will be the case again this year. But something like the Junos doesn't just happen. It takes a lot of hard-working people behind the scenes to bring the awards to Saskatoon and to ensure its success. In this episode, we'll pull back the curtain and reveal what it took to bring the Junos back to Saskatoon. Yeah,
0: it was a really positive experience for, for everybody. Um, and thanks for Sherry for, and Todd for chairing last week's meeting. Um, I'm just going to give I'll you a... <laughs>
1: Sure. One hour. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm just going to give you a quick update. Since I was gone last week, um, We uh, and, and I really just got back on Monday, and then, and then yesterday, um, Hugh Vasos and myself, part of our marketing initiatives, we did a media blitz in Regina, um, and we, uh, we actually were, were able to get on to all six Regina radio stations and do uh, an interview in, uh, on all six stations, plus we were on all three television networks. Um, Welcome to the weekly meeting
1: of the Juno Host Committee. It's just over six weeks until the big awards show, and the committee is discussing a recent media blitz to Regina. The last time Saskatoon hosted the the Juno Awards was in 2007. It was a different time then. Our provincial economy was stronger, Saskatoon's culinary scene was just in its infancy, and I was texting friends on my LG flip phone to let them know which Juno Fest venue I was at. So when Tourism Saskatoon approached the Canadian Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, or CARIS, about bringing the Junos back to Saskatoon, it was an entirely different pitch. I was curious about what the pitch looked like and sounded like, which is why I feel very lucky to have spoken with Todd Brandt and Sarah Berger from Tourism Saskatoon. They were on the front lines of pitching our city to the CARIS folks in Toronto, and boy, it took a lot of work. Janelle Wallace, our podcast photographer, and I met Sarah and Todd in early February at Tourism Saskatoon headquarters on 4th Avenue in downtown Saskatoon. We sat in Todd's office and covered everything from the challenges of getting corporate support in tough economic times to what role Saskatoon's booming food scene played in bringing the Junos back. And even how Todd was able to bring more planes to Saskatoon so that everyone could fly home on time. That is a crazy story. I should mention that Todd Brandt is the CEO and President of Tourism Saskatoon and Sarah is the Director of Media for Tourism Saskatoon. So, in this first part of our conversation, I started by asking Todd how the Juno Ball got rolling and his answer takes us all the way back to 2005.
0: We had a concept as a group in Saskatchewan back in 2005 that wouldn't be cool to have four major music events all in Saskatchewan, all in the same year. And uh, Saskatoon was selected to take the, the best opportunity to take the run at the 2007 Juno Awards. So we started our marketing promotion way back in 2005. I'll never forget being in Winnipeg, having seven of the best guitarists in Saskatchewan and, and an indigenous dancer do Running Back to Saskatoon as part of our major promo push for Saskatoon. I think it's what uh, what turned the corner for us. And suddenly the, the candidate said, oh, Saskatoon, Maybe a cool funky place to try the Juno Awards. We confirmed it shortly after that. I remember having standing beside Buffy St. Maurice, who was so thrilled. She loves Saskatchewan in Saskatoon. Um and and uh being and wanted to be part of the push. So, you know, that really started our love affair with the Juno's, and we did an excellent job of delivering in 2007. Fast forwarding to 2020, it's a bit of a different event. It's a bigger event, bigger footprint, more going on. So, but you know, the origins of, of our relationship with the Academy in Toronto and hosting 07. Really started way back then and has kind of continued. Wow. So, um, before I get to how, or, you know, what's happening in 2020 and how, how
1: it's, it's grown, how, how do you form a relationship with the people in Toronto so that Saskatoon is even on their radar?
0: Yeah, it, uh, it takes effort. We have sales staff that go out and have regular meetings and, and try to meet with potential clients uh, to see what opportunities there might be for and not just cultural events, but conventions and that sort of thing as well. So our relationship and you know, came out of Leeds working with the Academy. We knew that they moved their event a- around Canada um, and uh, because it had never been to Saskatchewan, we thought, well, this is an angle for us. You know, we have such a young city here, such a great demographic and so much. Much live music that once they started coming here to take a look at the scene, um, they started going like this instead of heads going <laughs> going sideways instead of, and up and down instead. So it's great.
1: So that I find that really interesting because I think half the battle is just even get like letting them know or like Toronto know like hey we're we're we exist we're out here. So like what are those conversations like, Todd? In terms of just getting them physically
0: here just to see what this awesome city has to offer number one they never believed that we have a big facility base in this city and you have to have the venues to support all the different events and you know at the time uh, uh, Sasell Center was you know 11,000 seats and now it's 15 um, but you know just showing them that we had we had Prairaland Park to do do Juno fanfare and you could put 3500 people in there all at once and and the other performance venues the more intimate ones around Saskatoon until they came out here and spent some time with us really looking at the community and and trying to picture the June Awards being hosted in Saskatoon, um, that's the biggest barrier. Once we get them in the doors and out of Toronto or out of Montreal or wherever their headquarters are um, um, and come into Saskatoon, it's really the turning point. The, the lovely ambience of this city, the riverbank setting, the, the, uh, the openness of our people, all those sorts of things really come into play when, when people, first-timers, come into Saskatoon. Sarah, when when people come here for the first time, especially with with
1: something like the Junos, is it is it exciting for you and your staff, or is it is it nerve wracking? What what is that like?
2: I think that it is um, it's exciting uh, for us here because we we live and breathe Saskatoon every day of our lives, and, and we go out across the country and internationally to to kind of explain the what's so special about the city. So when we finally get the world and the the country in Saskatoon, it's, it's a sense of pride. They get to go out, they get to go to our favorite restaurants. They get to go to the Ramey Modern Art Gallery, which we love on the river. They can walk the riverbanks. um, And you'll notice um, when there's big events in the city, locals and visitors kind of mix and mingle and you kind of see everyone seeing, well, where are you from? Maybe so maybe even come to my house later but it's just we're very humble we're very open and welcoming here in Saskatoon so it is very exciting for us
1: so that's that's really in- interesting that you you mentioned the people and that's something like I, I know you can you can pitch that to people in Toronto or Montreal but it's another when they come in and experience it, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and that's, that's the biggest thing. So before um, moving into the director of media role here, I was in convention sales. So I was involved in 2017, um, going out to Toronto, meeting with the Keras team, talking to them, selling them why they need to come back. So it was quite an interesting... Um, process for me, they had worked on it uh, in previous years and unfortunately we were unsuccessful but it came time for us to host and we got to bring them all out um, here to Saskatoon so that was my job going and selling and trying to get people to come here Um, and now I get to share the story at a different level.
1: Okay so um, imagine I'm someone from Karis, I love music, I'm deciding where the Juno should go and you're making me a sales pitch Three years ago on Saskatoon what what's your pitch
2: oh, my pitch oh my goodness um, I think the biggest thing is um, our capacity level um, we grew from 2007 so things had changed a lot had changed in Saskatoon with the art gallery with the the Wonder Hub opening up the SasTel Center there was more seats coming into the city but I think the other really neat thing in my conversations with Karis was our food scene and culinary and the restaurants and the music venues that had opened and, and grew so um, it was kind of a cultural hub in Saskatoon now and and it was different you have to come back you have to experience kind of the new Saskatoon um, so as you'll see coming through with the Junos there's a, there's a big culinary influence in everything that they're doing because it's such a good connection music brings people together but so does food and who does food better than us right now in Saskatoon so
1: what kind of questions like when you're making your pitch what kind of questions did they ask you
2: uh, a lot of it was capacity, I think, too. And I think um, just understanding what what the market was like in Saskatoon. Like, w- are people interested in live music? What do they want to see? What do they want to hear? Um, but, yeah, I think... Uh, uh, When they're first thinking about coming, it's kind of the basics, like can you, what's the capacity, how many hotel rooms do you have, Uh, what's the airlift in the city, those types of things, because they want to make sure that they can logistically have the event in the city. Once those things are established, that's when we get to have fun, that's when we get to be creative with our proposals, we get to fly them in, show them around, that was a big piece of what we did uh, and are still doing, is we bring them here, we take... We kind of split them up where they need to go and we drive them around the city and we get to take them to our favorite restaurants and get to show them the Ramey Modern Art Gallery and all of our facilities and the music venues and really get them involved before they before they come.
1: Um, you, you mentioned that you'd made the pitch before and they chose other cities. When when that when that's you know, when, when something like that happens, does it motivate you to do like it to keep going or is it like oh like, you know, what, what do we have to do or what what is that like for you?
2: Yeah, I think um, I think you can get uh, bummed out about not getting it, or you can just look at it and you can say, well, how do we solve this problem? How do we make it work? Who do we need to bring to the table? What community members, municipal, provincial, federal, if possible, who do we need to bring to the table to get this event in Saskatoon? So what support, funding, facility-wise, whatever that looks like, it's kind of a puzzle that we work at, Tourism Saskatoon, is how do we get this here? What do we need? And then we usually find that and make it work yeah Yeah. so
1: when when you were bringing people then and you're showing them around the city art galleries culinary scene what what's the what's the reaction like from people from from toronto montreal
2: I think people are always kind of amazed when they get here, like, oh, this is really cool. There's lots of really neat things happening. And you have to remember that Saskatoon is one of the youngest cities in the country. The average age is 35 and a half years of age. And they get here and they see that and they feel that. It's it's a vibe. But everyone that I've been involved with bringing them to Saskatoon for the first time, they always say the people. There's something about the people here, they feel welcome, it's open, um, there's this sense of community here. So I think Keras really felt that when they got here too and there were so many people that wanted to be involved. Um, we have a huge volunteer base. When there's something like the Junos that comes to the Saskatoon, everyone wants to be a part of it in whatever way they can. Yeah.
1: But volunteers, I, th- I think that's like province-wide too, isn't it? Like the volunteers are just so passionate. Um, both of you brought up the fact that um, things have changed so much since 2007. Todd, can you just sort of walk people through about like w- how things
0: have changed in, in 13 years? Well, I think um, we don't have the advantage of first ever in the province. So our committee has been working hard to make sure we're, we're talking about the talent that's coming in, um, the elements of the program that have grown. There's now a comedy show associated with this event. There's a photography exhibition. There's a an art exhibition as well. Uh, they do conferencing activities, some other meetings around it to, that are that's specific to, to industry members. Um, and then, plus the major events, the, the core stuff has happened. Juno Cup is bigger than it's ever been as, as well this year. Um, so I think because some of their events have grown, um, and our venues have grown, I, and I think you know those are some of the big changes uh, that have happened over the year quite frankly we're dealing with uh, an economic situation that's not as positive as it was the feeling back in in 2006 2007 leading in, in, uh, into the last uh, the last event so i think those are palpable changes it makes puts new challenges as sarah had said uh, in front of us as far as getting corporate saskatoon to step up we've got a big merchant program that we're promoting people to get more engaged in the junos and and uh a program where people can can get tickets to the show and shirts like this and uh and uh and window decals and help to celebrate and really paint the town junos for that that uh, critical week in mid-march
1: um when i think back to 2007 i I just think um and we were talking before we started the interview about just the the vibe in the city um and and i'm i'm so excited for that Were, were there lessons that that you and your organization learned from 2007 that even though it was 13 years ago that that can you apply to this year?
0: Well, I think the fact that you know one of our issues last time was when we could host and, and the availability of SaskTel Center this year in negotiation with Keras, we plunked it into the end of the blade schedule and before the start of playoffs so that there's no issue with the timing in the community and making sure the attention is truly focused on June awards. so that, that's one ad- adaptation. We would really hoped to do more, more outside stuff last time because it was the end of April uh, or sorry end of March, and that just it doesn't fly in mid-March. so everything was kind of weatherproof and we're inside for for most of the things so you do learn some of those lessons uh, kind of from and and there's still other community members that are on this year's event compared to 2007 so I think everybody enjoyed it enough last time there's some staying power yeah
1: that's very true Um, I I hadn't thought about the economic situation but that's a really interesting point because so much has has changed is has it been more of a challenge to get that kind of corporate support or or is is the junos
0: a big enough draw for you that people will still do it we do a lot of events in this city, and you know we have a more limited uh, corporate uh, base here in Saskatoon, so that is a constant need and, and uh, concern in Saskatoon about you know what is the available corporate dollars to support it, whether it's pur- p- purchasing suites for the award show or just helping out with the host committee or the academy meet their financial needs. So yes, we're constantly looking for people that are that want to associate with the demographic that tends to come to this event, um, and uh, and and giving them opportunities. To show off their products and services or or the corporate brand in front of the, the community. How how does that work Todd? Like do you
1: do you approach the different corporations or do some approach you? How how does that work
0: exactly? Mostly we're reaching out. The the primary sponsorship program is is driven out of the Academy in Toronto. We coordinate and help them uh, provide, uh, you know, direction finding in to corporate people in Saskatoon, and then those approaches are made directly with the Academy. But the host organizing committee that, that Sarah and I sit on, you know, we have a, a more modest uh, financial needs, and, and we have a different set of, of uh, opportunities. for. So we're out there reaching again to try to, to shore up that sort of thing. It's been tough, quite frankly. It's, um, you know, you've got to be careful with, uh, um, you know, what your budget is expending towards and, and making sure we were thrilled quite frankly to have the city and the province step up big time to help us with the, uh, pay for the, uh, event rights fee. Uh, but there's still costs after that. And, you know, that's what we're still, we'll be pushing right till, uh, March 15th to finish all that stuff off. Wow.
1: Um, Sarah, that sort of segues into the, I, I want to know about the work that the host committee, um, has been doing. Can you, um, like what, what exactly does a, a host committee when it comes to Juno's, what
2: what do you do? Yeah, I think uh, when an event like the Juno's comes to the city, um, you kind of rally some community members that, um, that n- know people in the community, have the ability to kind of influence sponsorship or different facilities that we need. But you bring everyone together and then you kind of make... Subcommittees. So there's a communication subcommittee, a marketing committee, a transportation logistics committee. So then everyone breaks off of their pieces and they, gr- they grab a group of people that they rally together that it's very strong so they can get the job done. So um, a good example of some one of the committees is the marketing committee. So everything that you see in Saskatoon right now and you hear on the radio and, and anywhere that you go and you see Junos, a lot of that has come from our, our marketing committee, um, from the host committee. So they work um, to promote it and they want to get everyone engaged and make everyone really excited about it in whatever way they can. Todd mentioned the merchant program, so that's one way to get business owners in our community rallying behind with the stickers in the window. We're painting the town with Junos. So that's one good example, but kind of the nitty-gritty, the the logistics committee, the transportation committee, they they really figure out, like, how are we going to move people around when we're here? What transportation companies do we need to do? Where do we find vehicles? Where are we going to park these vehicles? So it's everything right down to the little tiny pieces that people don't think about. Um, We're figuring that out. We're making it Work in our community, and we're, we're using partners um, as we go. So um, there's little pieces like that all across the whole host committee.
1: Is it hard to keep track of all the little pieces? Like, I'm just thinking for transportation. Like, that's such a like probably people don't um, you know think oh how is how's an artist getting to this place or that place? But you know if the van isn't there to pick them up, then they're not there on time, and that thing start like all these little things.
2: Yeah, I, I don't envy Kaylin and John. Who are the the co-chairs for the, for that that subcommittee? But these guys, they do it for other events. So John is a, works out at Sastel Center, so he he understands how that world works. But they just make sure they have really good team members on their on their team, and they'll set up a kind of a headquarters. They'll have radios. They'll be talking to everybody. They'll be scheduled. Um, Karis does a lot of the scheduling for the volunteering, so it's just making sure that everyone has open lines of communication, and we know. Um, but i think um i think you just have to stay on top of it you have to know exactly what you need and then you make a plan for it and you stick to the plan and and you have a contingency plan for when things maybe don't go <laughs> as planned but but i think it's a, it's a work in progress everyone is always kind of working and changing and um, yeah
1: You are listening to Episode 7 of Season 2 of YXE Underground. My name is Eric Anderson. Our featured guests are Todd Brandt and Sarah Berger from Tourism Saskatoon, and we are looking at how Saskatoon was able to bring back the Juno Awards. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. You can also stream this episode on Spotify or the website yxeunderground.com. You can also find the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and that's where you can see some lovely photos of Todd and Sarah, as well as an actual Juno Award taken by Janelle Wallace. I mentioned earlier how in 2007, I was using an LG flip phone to text with friends during all the Juno Fest shows. It was a pretty sweet phone. That will not be the case this year. I'll be tweeting and Instagramming and taking videos and sending them to friends for pretty much a solid four or five days on my iPhone. And it got me thinking about the role that social media will play in the 2020 Juno Awards. You know who else is thinking about social media at the Junos? Darby Sutherland. Darby is the media specialist with Tourism Saskatoon if you follow the organization online you probably know Darby as the person behind all of their Saskatooning adventures Darby is going to be everywhere during Juno week so if you see her buy her a coffee because she's going to need it
3: I'm gonna be a little bit selfish and pick all of the events that I really really want to see um, and make sure I see the bands that I'm very excited about because it is about us enjoying it as well and With social media, you can tell when people are having fun and when people are just experiencing the event. So I'll be a little bit selfish, and I'll see what my partner wants to do, and we will just kind of break it down from there um, and hopefully plan some sleep and maybe sleep during work.
1: Social media will play an important role in creating buzz and keeping fans in the loop throughout Juno week. So I was curious how Tourism Saskatoon handles the beast that is social media. And in the second part of our conversation, Sarah begins by explaining that it takes a village to meet all of the social media demands.
2: A lot of that comes out of KERIS, so the Academy in Toronto. They they have a whole team that kind of sets us up and as they announce events and as things come out, they send us Information so that we can share then share on our social channels. So um, the kind of pre-marketing and all of the things that you've been seeing right now on on social is from the academy. But um, Saskatooning the Junos is our local brand for the Junos. So if people are out um, when they're out at. Junos when they're in Saskatoon, they can hashtag Saskatoon the Junos or hashtag Saskatooning, uh, which is the Tourism Saskatoon hashtag. Then we can kind of uh, we can communicate and we can kind of all enjoy the the Junos together when they're here. Um, Darby Sutherland, our media specialist, she's going to be out at all the events as well, kind of um, taking it all in and showing it on our social channels.
1: Darby's not going to sleep, is no. she? No,
2: she isn't. I've already <laughs> told her. <laughs> I was like, don't book anything for <laughs> for that week. So So Darby will be there kind of on behalf of Tourism, but a lot of what you see right now does come from from Karis from the academy. Okay.
1: So um, so not only is there that, but I um, when I worked for CBC in Regina the year that Regina hosted the Junos, it was so much fun to cover it as a traditional media person. Um, what how, how much work goes into you know working with with the likes of a CBC or CTV or like I know both of you have been on morning shows already and and so How much work goes into that to ensure that. You know the the Junos is out there in our city and in our province.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Hugh Vassos is the the chair of the marketing committee for the host committee, and he he brought to the table lots of our media partners in Saskatoon to sit at that table, so that they're they're involved in every step of the way. Um, so Hugh and Todd worked together to create this kind of um, media blitz. So they're they're out in the world yesterday and today and tomorrow, and then they're going to Regina next week. So they're going to be in Regina and they're going to be flooding. Infiltrated the Regina, <laughs> the Regina stations, and going and talking about it. And I think the biggest thing um, in in using the media is we really want to get people excited and proud of having the Junos in Saskatoon. So it's really sharing that message and and sharing where you can get involved, where you can buy tickets, what events they have available to you. Um, if you don't think you can make it to the broadcast, there's Juno Fest. And the tickets are going on sale today. 11, yeah. 10 the, 10 yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so there's there's Juno Fest. There's lower price points for people if they want to get in to do Juno Fest. or so the songwriter Circle, which is a really awesome way to experience
1: I got my tickets already for that. Yes!
2: So you can experience music at a different level. It's kind of, they sit down, they talk about their influences for the music, and you kind of feel like you're on that stage with them, and then the broadcast. So um, I think that it's just really leveraging partnerships in the communities all across the province.
1: I like the idea of infiltrating Regina the media in Regina but why cuz that's Sarah that's a really good point that you bring up it's i know it's in Saskatoon but our our province has just over a million people and you know that's so does Calgary and Toronto has five times that but like why is that important
0: for Utah to, to incorporate the entire province? Well I think first of all we got support from our provincial government and that's tax dollars so we have an obligation to make sure the rest of Saskatchewan feels uh, invited to this event. I would hope half a Shonovan is coming to watch uh, you know to watch the Hunter Brothers. They're nominated in two categories so Shonovan, like Gallag- all those groups they need to come here and book in sooner rather than later. Uh, we go beyond the provinces we know we'll draw to Winnipeg, uh, uh, Edmonton, Calgary, so the, the adjacent provinces on on a drive side. Um, we've we worked very closely to up gauge all the flights coming into and departing Saskatoon because there's such demand uh, to to come in as well. And uh, thank goodness we were able to do that because there's such pressure from uh, the fly traffic as well. So, so how how do you
1: are you saying that you managed to get more flights to Saskatoon? Yes.
0: You're a powerful man. How did how did you how did you do that? Act desperate. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Um uh- the we know the flight schedules coming and going and there's such a you know these artists are busy they've got tight itineraries they make their time to get to the junos because they value uh the, you know the biggest week in canadian music is this week um, so we have to provide services for them so we've upgaged virtually every flight coming and leaving saskatoon uh, thursday friday and and then departing on monday is always a big exodus and uh, we know that's a lesson learned from from last time we upgaged craft back then to bring in a lot of equipment, um, and, and we needed that. There's a huge uh, Toronto uh, 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 linkage as well as Vancouver, so um, you know, thank goodness we were able to work uh, specifically with Air Canada on a bunch of the upgrades there. Um, and WestJet has the services into uh, into Saskatoon as well, so you know, things are heavily booked now. Uh, but I'd encourage other people if they're coming in to. Get your books. Get your tickets now. Please stop waiting. We're such a famous last-minute town, city. It drives you nuts. Oh, but... you just rolled your eyes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to be demeaning. No, about... no, but you're Wait, you're yeah. so you're so right about that. Yeah.
1: Um, th- this is a yeah, and uh, why why are we? Saskatoon's bad at that.
0: We are. I, I don't know. It's our, our easy going nature. They yeah. just, oh, yeah, okay. It's Saturday night and it's Friday now. Okay, maybe I'll grab my, my ticket. But it sure helps us as planners and host <laughs> committee and the academy feel confidence if, if you just grab your tickets now. JunoFest uh, Juno bands will sell out. And they're going on sale today and people need to jump on those. We have lots of capacity still at SAS sale center but let's show the 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 you know the people that are coming in the record labels the artists that we're proud of them and their work let's sell the place out. I want every rafter and every seat filled and we got a long way to go to get there so let's let's promote that and and get people uh, and and then there's all these other events that are happening as well so um, we're done with Christmas things are put away yeah we are trying to pay off our visa bills but don't (laughs) miss. engaging in this event it's such a fun event and get out in Saskatoon and like as Sarah said there's price points all over the map mm-hmm. come on out and, and be part of a, a pretty important celebration it's been 13 years since it's been here it'll be a bunch of years before they come back so uh, so that's a great message to push.
1: Yeah, <laughs> You you mentioned you mentioned Christmas and it got me thinking you know um, Christmas obviously a busy time of year and then we had winter eruption at the end of January which which I thought was just a, a wonderful event Um, from, from a planning perspective, um, do you have to, did you have to sort of wait like until winter option was done to really give the big push? Like, is there, is there a fear like,
0: you know, I don't want to bombard people with too many things. Do you have to consider stuff like that? Absolutely. There's a real cadence that's enforced by Keras on what is announced and when, But the reality is this event comes together very late in every host community every year. By the time the nominations are actually counted and and announced on January 28th this year, oh my goodness, we're two months to showtime, right? But it's the cadence of the awards uh, uh, and nomination procedure regardless of what we do. So we go to sale before Christmas without one act in the awards show or anybody in JunoFest or who's in songwriting. Circle. And that all, there's a cluster of announcements that come now, and we want to really build that momentum. So, very much, there's a cadence that we align to. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's part of it. We'll never change that with the Juno Awards. It's always going to be this last minute push. But now's the time. Now we're mid. Almost mid-February, and uh, excited to uh, to get every the final products out there. Next week, we'll announce much more the the balance of the performances that will be happening at at the uh, the major uh, show at Sastel Center, and um, and that'll be it. Then we'll have everything laid out there. Yeah. So,
1: um, back in two thousand seven, did you did you have any time to enjoy the festivities at all, or do you allow yourself time? to enjoy the festivities.
0: Yeah, well, we were warned to sleep in February because you won't have any sleep in March, and absolutely true. Last time, we did a number of other, other events ourselves, not this time. There's so much else that's going on, and our job is just to support the events that Caris uh, produces, and, and, you know, we're, we're doing a good job of that. Um, so uh, I think that was... Yes, we did get out a lot. It was totally exhausting. The week after was just a blur for for most of us because you know these events they go till four in the morning, and it's night after night. You know our opening cabaret this year is is on Thursday, and the Sheepdogs are playing at, at Coors Event Center. How great! You know some real Saskatchewan people in there, and there's other artists that'll be playing with them. But you know right from the the intense uh, host community meetings that will fill that week, and then right through weekend till 4 a.m. on Sunday morning and then helping people get to the 6 a.m. Air Canada flight back to Toronto on Monday morning like that's our reality and uh, it's uh, everybody's kind of aware of that and if they're not they will be now (laughs) so so uh, yeah it's 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 pretty intense so um Sarah
1: are are you um like in terms of the of the the hosting committee are you like will you be meeting pretty much like right up until like kickoff or, or do you do you sort of get set a couple of weeks before and then like you know what you have to do?
2: We, we meet every week as the host committee um so every Wednesday at lunch we're meeting now and then we we actually communicate weekly with Karis as well and we will do that up until the week of um, and then there'll be more communications when everyone lands here in Saskatoon so I think the the biggest part is that the the more that we can communicate and I shouldn't say that we only communicate on Wednesdays, it's a it's a, a it's a big thing every day like there is there's lots lots of emails lots of phone calls people are, are meeting um, outside of that kind of set every Wednesday meeting but um, um we're all really getting excited about it. So we want to meet. We want to stay on top of things. We want to make sure that our excitement is kind of spilling out into our community. So um, daily communications, I think, would be yeah. <laughs> what's going on. Yeah. Um,
1: both of you have been very generous with your time. I, I want to ask you one um, last question. It's sort of a bigger question. Um, how, how will you know when, when, it, when it's Monday morning and the, the flights that, Todd, you have arranged for everybody still can't get over that. Um, but the, so everyone, everyone started to leave town that the, there's time to exhale. How will you know if, if the 2020 Juno's was, was a big
0: success? I think for me, it's the palpable buzz that I want to associate with every one of these, these main events. And you do that with having a good crowd and enthusiastic group, um, and having the artists pick up on that. And it's amazing how they feed off the audiences. Um, I, I think for me, uh, Every one of these is a check mark as we go through the, the, you know, the five major days of events. And uh, so at the end of the day, um, that buzz that's in the community and, and the legacy around that is, is what I'm looking forward to, to. It'll be part of my assessment. We'll do an economic assessment as well, of course. We always do that. But it's the spirit left behind in Saskatoon. And quite frankly, from Sarah's perspective, the media exposure that comes out around it, that's uh, huge for us. You, you have a big smile on your you have a big smile on your face right now sir
2: yeah well, that's what I was going to say yeah. but yeah and i think i think to to add to what Todd had said, um, I think we really want to support Canadian music in our community. So we want those artists to go home feeling really good about their experience in Saskatoon um, is the other side of it. So um, we want people to come here and enjoy themselves. I have no doubt in my mind that we will have lots of fun when we're here. People will come, they'll be bouncing through Juno Fest with their their bands as they go, going to all the events. But I really want to make an impact on those Canadian Canadian artists that get to come to Saskatoon.
1: That's so true because Mm -hmm. for, for a lot of them, this is going to be their first time here, I, you know, when the nominees were announced, there were so many names and I, I, I take a lot of pride in sort of knowing what's going on in the music scene, and there was a lot of names that I had never heard of. And if you know, when they come here, this might be their first time here. So yeah, it's it's a great opportunity.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that that's something that we keep in mind all through our planning as well is, is how we can make that really special for them. And Karis is a big part of that, and they, they make sure they get here and they have a place to stay and, and everything like that. But um, I think um, if we can all rally behind them and, and fill all of those rooms with really excited people who want to see them and support them, even if you might not know the names, I think you still need to go because it could be the next big artist. So I think that um, we are a, a wonderful community. We have a lot of pride of, of our our community and of our province and i think if we can go in there and and show those artists um what we're made of i think that that's really great
0: i would like to say that you know the names come out and people go blank they'll know their music though they'll sing along to their music but yeah they just didn't associate that that artist with what's going on there Lennon stella like it Ben and Stella, hmm. never heard that name before, but everybody knows her main big song "La Di Da," and that was that's went huge, and it was a chart topper, and it's why she's one of these up and coming artists that on the international scene that's so positive. So, um, do a little research if you're a fan. Yeah. Take a look at the names that are going to be here in Saskatoon playing at JunoFest or the songwriters as, as more names come out and you say, oh yeah, even Alessia Cara, until you say, oh yeah, well she did the theme song for Moana. Oh, really? Yeah, she, yeah, yeah, that's the girl. So she's going to be our, our MC. So we want people to get excited about that and, you know, we should be students of music a little, a little bit more than we are, but you're going to be singing along to the song and say, I didn't know that that's the artist that did that song and they're here in Saskatoon. So it's... Uh, it's uh, we need as a community to do our homework on that too.
1: And, and that's such a great point because it's it's so great to say you know years later I saw so and so at the Capitol or at Louis or at Amigos yeah. or somewhere small and then they come back to the city and maybe they're playing Coors events or maybe Sastel or Broadway or something like that. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, both of you have been very generous with your time because um, I know it's it's a slightly busy time of year um, for you. Um, I think the work that you're doing is, is fantastic, and, and uh, it's just going to be an awesome week. So thank you for taking the time this morning to speak with us, and uh, and good luck. I, I I hope you get a little bit of sleep this month because, yeah, it's going to be busy. So thanks, you guys. <laughs> thanks so much. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about it.
2: Yeah, thank you for coming in to chat with us.
1: My thanks to Todd Brandt and Sarah Berger from Tourism Saskatoon for taking time out of their insanely busy schedule to share the story of how the Juno Awards made their way back to Saskatoon. Visit TourismSaskatoon.com to get the details on all things Juno's. This has been episode seven of season two of YXE Underground. My name is Eric Anderson. I host, produce, and edit this local independent podcast. If you like what you just heard, feel free to give it a five-star rating. I would really appreciate that. You can subscribe to YXE Underground on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. And you can also stream episodes over at yxeunderground.com or on Spotify. You can find YXE Underground on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter where you will see some great pictures of Todd and Sarah taken by the fantastic Janelle Wallace. Thank you, as always, Janelle. I also want to thank my cousin Andrew for making all the music for the podcast and to Saskatoon's Danger Dynamite for maintaining the website. I would like to acknowledge that all of these interviews were done on Treaty 6 territory and the traditional homeland of the Métis. I'm sure you can tell in this episode that I'm slightly excited for the Juno Awards and I can't wait to share with you a very special episode of the podcast next week. We are going to visit four different venues in Saskatoon that are hosting concerts during Juno Fest and find out why being a part of the Juno experience is important to them. So we're going to visit the Broadway Theatre, Nine Mile Brewery, the Underground Cafe, and the Somewhere Else Pub & Grill It's gonna be a really great episode. It drops on Thursday, March 12th, and um, I I just think it's gonna get you really excited for the Junos. So be sure to check back in seven days for a brand new episode of the podcast. YXE Underground is a production of the Salt Hammer Production Company. My name is Eric Anderson, and we'll talk to you in seven days, Saskatoon. Derby, when you found out that the Junos were coming here to Saskatoon, um, how, how, what went through your mind?
3: I hope I get to meet Drake. <laughs> for real. He's not coming, but
1: whatever. Do you know for a fact he's not coming?
3: He didn't um, submit any of his music for nomination, so I don't think so.
1: He might just come for to support his fellow artists.
3: I really hope so. Yeah. That would make my dream come true. It's my 2020 goal this year, meet Drake.